know Your ass better call somebody Hey, hey, what do you say? It's time. It's time. Ball Junk, episode seven, Ball Another Day. It's the Gas Man, and always with me is the dirtiest player in the game. It's Frankie Knuckles. Frank, how's it going? Pretty, not that great, right? No, no, it's been no. A, it's been a hell of a ride the past few weeks, and uh, just looking to blow some steam and talk some ball. Nice. So, yeah, we, we've had trouble... Being able to uh, record for very, very, like, good, good, excellent, solid reasons. And uh, I don't know, have you talked about this on uh, the other shows? Just briefly here and there, yeah. Uh, basement flooding. Terrible. Renovations as a result. Clearing out stuff. Taking stuff to the dump. Ugh. A lot of it. That's the worst. And just crunching work-wise and... I don't know. It's doing crunches? No, crunches. No, no crunches. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Nestle Crunch. No, delicious. Well, I saw the nice little chocolate plate. Well, there you got are actually over there. Uh, Nestle Crunch bells in there. Oh. If that tickles your good. fancy. Yeah. Was it, did you have like a, like a festive party? No, it was uh, leftover Christmas candy from my mom. Oh. <laughs> you just kind of. Uh, you she just, just threw it all that. my way. Yeah. It's still good. No, Abs- no. I'm not judging at all. Okay, all right. No. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's when you when you first told me about the flood, my first question was, "Is the Blu-ray collection okay?" And uh, luckily, uh, it was. nothing of sentimental value was destroyed. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I mean, and then I asked you about uh, you know what if the Blu-ray collection was destroyed, and your answer really surprised me. You said, "Well, it'd be a, a good reason to start fresh, reconsider everything." <laughs> you know, you build a collection and. You regret certain things. You look at certain Blu-rays and they're always in the back of your mind. And the way you've organized things, just it would have been a clear out. Just a chance to reboot. That's crazy. I'm fine not crossing that bridge. Having to do that. Was that ever a discussion in any of the the manifesto podcasts that came Uh, out? Definitely in forms. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so I haven't talked to you for about what six weeks now. It was right before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, did you, you? I'm sure you watched the Oscars. I did. And did you enjoy the show? No. Man, I thought like uh, the first five minutes, I thought Ellen like did a really good job. I thought that opening monologue where she was like mean to, to like Liza Minnelli and all that. I thought it was funny. I mean, for Ellen, I thought it was funny, and then. I'm assuming that uh, they either told her to just improv the rest of the show or all the teleprompters broke and uh, they were just kind of floating out there because it seemed like like really, really sloppy. Like It felt like she was late coming out on stage every time and then there was a lot of uh, let's kill some time. I was okay with it in the sense that it felt like Ellen's version of the Oscars, just based on what I've seen on her show, uh, from an entertainment standpoint, not that crazy about it. I would say one or two jokes landed in the mo- in the monologue, but other than that, but it's the Oscars. I don't expect much. So, uh, were you happy with the results of the award giving? Not really. No, 
Did you enjoy 12 Years a Slave? I did. I don't think it deserved Best Picture. I found it strange that the film that won Best Editing, Best Cinematography, uh, Best Direction um, didn't win Best Picture because those three things together, to me, would make it the best film if it had the best directing, the best cinematography, and the best editing. I don't think you're crazy. Okay. I just I found it strange to uh, to give all those awards to one film and then best picture to a film that didn't really win anything else other than the acting award, right? Yeah, and that was it. I mean, I think oh, it won script too. I think right, right. It won adapted, no original, no adapted. Yeah, and then didn't Gravity win? I can't remember who won. Oh, who, Spike Jones. Spike Jones won, which was good. That was awesome. Yeah, I was pretty happy about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I had, uh, I was also su- surprised the, of what won the documentary. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so. My mother saw it. Did she love it? <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it just, she just said it was just like, you know, a lot of music documentaries, you know, like, it was like standing in the shadows of Motown and, and they're all kind of similar. They're, they're fun to watch and the music is nice to listen to, but. For me, the act of killing was mesmerizing and like just insane to watch. I still haven't seen it. it no, no. Still waiting for a Canadian Netflix. So, is it not available to purchase on on it, Baby it is. Blue? Uh, I haven't seen it anywhere, and I know I know you can get a hold of it somehow, but I haven't sought it out actively yet. Right, and uh, no sports movies won anything. No, although. Don't even know. I can't even think of the top of my head anything that came out last year that yeah, was. Yeah, Thunderstruck was the year before. So, what the hell was that? The Kevin Durant basketball. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there was no uh, no Airbud movie this year, as far as I could tell. So, and if there's no Airbud movie, there's no Oscar for a sports film. You're right there. <laughs> so, other than the the flooding, is. And being super busy and stressed out, is uh, everything else okay? Yeah, I guess so. That's good. Yeah. Looking forward to summer. That's all I'll say. Still got a, a ways to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like spring. Just sort of spring, summer, whatever. Have you been... Not watching? shit weather. No, no. Have you been watching any uh, spring training baseball? Uh, no, I, I've been following the scores a bit. I'm going to take my dad to Camden Yards for his 60th birthday, so... That'll be coming up in the summer. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's very exciting. I've mm-hmm. never been. No? No. This will be my second trip. It's amazing. You really. Oh, I, I know I need to go. I mean, there's a lot of ballparks that I haven't been to. I've only been to four So for, for a Major League Baseball game. And one doesn't even have a team anymore. So The Expos. Yeah, I saw a game at the Big O. That's good. Uh, and then a Jays game, and obviously, you know, been to Comerica. Were you ever at the old Tiger Stadium? Nope. No. No. And then, uh, and then, Jacobs Field when it was still called Jacobs Field when it was fairly new. Always a good trip to Cleveland. Yeah. I kind of am disappointed I never got to Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I can see that. I was in New York a couple times. I went to the uh, old Shea. Oh, okay. But, but never uh, Yankee Stadium. Ever been to Fenway? Yes. Saw, saw two games there, a uh, night game and a day game. I went by myself to the night game. 
because everyone else I went with wanted to go out. I said, I'll meet up with you later. So I went to the like the lineup for a day of ticket sales, and I got a spot right behind home plate where they save it for other teams, scouts and stuff like that for radar guns. Right. And then they open up certain seats day of the game. So I was on TV the entire game. Nice. So they were at the bar, and at the game was replaying after, and we just – I was what on TV they, the whole time. <laughs> what, um, who were they playing? Uh, uh, Oakland Athletics. Were you, who were you cheering for? Oakland? No, Boston. Oh, you were cheering for the yeah, for sure. Oh, wow. A division rival you were cheering for. I got caught up in the spirit of Fenway. Oh, yeah. That's happened to me before. I mean, I hate the Pistons, but when I saw the Pistons in Detroit, I mean, I got caught up. It was a playoff game. It was the finals. And at the time, Baltimore, I'm pretty sure, was... Very, very bad and had no chance probably in the playoffs. They, they pretty sure that was the Albert Bell days, so no, that's not good. No, no, well, that guy's an asshole, <laughs> isn't he? He's kind of an asshole. There's some questionable signings for a few years in Baltimore. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this year's team, though. I mean, uh, yeah, I read a preview that had them finishing last again in the, in the AL East. They, do they, do they, they ever learn? No. They've got uh, they've got a pretty strong lineup. They have a DH now, you know who can and you know they have pretty much the same lineup as they had before, except Brian Roberts is gone, although he hardly ever played anyway. Yeah. And um, their pitching is probably a little bit better. Um, all those young guys uh, are a little bit you know older now, and um, I don't know how much Johan Santana is going to give them, but uh, who knows. Yeah, if, I, he, if he can turn into a solid number three or number four, that's, that's pretty good. I don't think they're an obvious last place pick for that division at all. No, I, I, it's a, obviously the most competitive division like, in baseball. Who so. is is it? All Toronto media that thinks Baltimore is going to be last place. I'm pretty sure the publication I read this in in the dentist office was from Toronto. Give me a break. It, it doesn't matter what the Jays team does. Players are going to get hurt on that turf. And injuries are going to screw them, and their pitching is not going to be good enough. They've got one guy, Dickey. I don't. I wouldn't even count him. No, no. I mean, Mark Burley is not great in the American League, and he kind of showed that last year where he was pretty wishy-washy. And Brandon Morrow doesn't seem to have anything left. And don't give me anything about this Jay Happ kid. And Ricky Romero, I mean, they oh, it's the comeback. <laughs> what did he walk like five guys in two and a half innings the other night? He's terrible. They're terrible. Jose, yeah. Jose Reyes' knee is going to explode again. I do like Jose Reyes. That's yeah. the one guy I like on the Jays quite a bit. You don't like Joey Bats? Mm, I don't. I don't dislike him. I'm not crazy about the guy and his booster juice commercials. Yeah, they should have had Adam Lind and his uh, dirty mustache uh, yeah. do the booster juice commercials. <laughs> I'd, wa- I'd I'd watch those for sure. Did you get to watch any of the uh, Olympics? I I think I said I was going to try to watch a bit more this year. And you didn't. That promptly didn't happen. No. I think my biggest barrier to watching the Olympics is obviously the time change. Big time. And knowing whether I'm what I'm watching is even live. Should I even care about this? Could I see the results online? And I think the TV programs do a bad job of informing the viewers about what they're watching. And maybe it's because they don't want them realizing this is four hours old and tuning out. Oh, well, definitely they don't want you to... Uh, I, I don't know. I 
to know that. I watched a little, little bit of hockey, some curling, and I think that was it. Got a few things here and there. There are six events that I think Canada as a country was were really concerned about. Men's hockey, women's hockey, men's curling, women's curling, men's figure skating, and the ice dance. And out of that, they got four golds and two silvers, so they should be pretty happy. Yeah. The Latvia game I watched was a pretty good game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't particularly want Carey Price to start many games because if it turned out poorly, like it would just be never-ending criticism for the rest of his career from okay, Toronto, so, Toronto Maple Leaf fans. So while we're on that, it was the beginning of this season. You said you were, I don't know if boycotting is the right word, but not following the Habs this year. Right. Is that still in effect? Or have- I, I haven't. I think I've watched two games. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I know where they are in sure. the standings, you know, and uh, just because I see stuff on Twitter and, and, and things like that. But uh, I haven't sat down and watched. I didn't even watch a full Olympic game. So I just, just you know, I haven't been too excited about hockey in general. Yeah, the Sabres, I've just kind of been following their ridiculous trading and acquiring of draft picks and young talent. Yeah. Hoping a bit for the future. It's crazy how many guys they've acquired and uh, and unloaded over the past, well, before the trade deadline. So, Including their president. Yeah. <laughs> Who, uh, the rumor is, uh, apparently was not in favor of a trade and it was done without his approval anyway and resigned. Well, I mean. Whatever. I don't care. I mean, they they brought the guy in to fix the team and then wouldn't listen to what he wanted to do so why is he even there you know i wouldn't stay there either they made a big deal about bringing me in and uh said okay i've got a, a plan and this is how we're going to fix the team and then they don't listen to him all right yeah see ya that's fine don't get a paycheck uncle uncle ted is probably not going to be around much longer either i don't know i love that guy he's pretty good i love watching him coach in the olympics did he coach Latvia? He did. Yeah, okay. Right. That's what I. That's so what I was kind of rooting for them in that regard. No, yeah. So. And they had nice jerseys. <laughs> That's you know, like like you. Sometimes uh, for me, it's all about the the jersey. We should also mention we were pretty pretty accurate with our Super Bowl predictions too. Very very accurate. I we did. The, this was the first year I actually won all my bets. Yeah. Made some money. I mean, we we knew Seattle was going to win. But we didn't know it was going to be like that. Well, we both said by... Like 15 points. Yeah. Yeah. And That's they won. pretty good. What did they win by? Like 40? <laughs> no, less than that. No, was it? Yeah. But, I mean, I wanted to do a couple bets that were by 20 and 30 points. But we you can't on the gambling site we were right. on. So you could do they could one to win by either 35 or 44, I think. With ridiculous odds, but that would have lost anyway. So, yeah, I was. Um, it was the best Super Bowl I've ever watched in my life. It was an entertaining game. I for, mean, for a blowout. Well, I mean, those people that uh, were in Vegas drunk and you know, I'm gonna throw down a thousand dollars on a safety being the first points of the game. You know, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, and there, I can't remember. There's been a safety in the last six Super Bowls or something, something like that. Yeah, it's amazing. Not a lot of Omahas. No, no, you couldn't hear him as much as you could in the uh, in the uh, the AFC Championship. 
Well, I was high off whack and drunk on rye. You had, you had a good party? Yeah, I had a great time. No girls? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> it was the best because uh, me and my one friend, we always kind of bet together. And every year we're wrong. We lose every year. And so this year, finally, they just, other people decided we want to bet the exact opposite of Frank and Tom because they're always wrong. So they all went the other direction, picked Denver, and we were just reveling the, right. the entire night. I can't imagine anybody picking Denver. Just It made no sense to do it. I mean, we talked about it on the last show. I mean, if I had actually sat down and, and thought about the cold weather game, there, there was no way I would have picked Denver. Yeah, and then, oh, this is why I was a little worried that day because the temperature was actually four degrees in New York. And that made me give hesitance a little bit. But eventually, you got a man up. But <laughs> put your money where your mouth is. That's right. <laughs> what did you uh, think of? Bruno Mars's performance. It wasn't as bad as I had no, anticipated. I thought he was pretty entertaining. Those uh, like the, the fast upbeat songs. Yeah, I thought the presentation was good. I, I try to look at those things more from a stage design. Is it a cool setup? And it was pretty good. Did not offend me too much. No. <laughs> Actually, the Chili Peppers weren't very good. Well, no, and uh, I guess you know. Some of the some of them didn't play live or Oh Flea, yeah, I saw that. Flea definitely didn't and I don't think he ever tried to hide it. Yeah, I think he said something about he was pretty honest about it afterwards. But when you get busted, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Deny it? Rob Ford does. <laughs> I don't think so. No. <laughs> I don't think he <laughs> At first he did. That. Yeah. He's come around to the real way to handle things. I love that guy. I hope he gets back into office. That's just pure entertainment. From uh, from my viewpoint, um, there was something else I was going to mention about the Olympics, and you abruptly changed topics. <laughs> oh, right about the the pissing and moaning from the the Canadian ice dancers. Did you follow all that at all? I remember hearing about it when it happened. Not much else. Basically, like uh, they and the the Americans who were the gold medal winners have the exact same coach, and uh, the Canadian team pissed and moaned that uh, the coach didn't spend as much time with them as they wanted. And uh, they felt that they spent that, that coach spent more time with the American team. Um, however, in Vancouver, four years prior, same situation, same coach as the American team, but the Canadians won gold. There was no complaining then. Yeah, and you're obviously aware of the situation. And the American team did not complain when they won silver. I just think that's... I mean, I get the frustration. You know, you, you set a world record in scoring in, at the Olympics, and then the next team comes out, and then they break the record that you just set and, you know, takes the gold. I get you're upset, you're disappointed, and you're frustrated. But, you know, if you want that coach, pay the big bucks make that coach just your coach, or shut the hell up. They are ice dancers. Well, still. <laughs> still. I mean, like, it's a, it's a competitive... I mean, yes, it's, and it's, how all, much it's all rigged. All figure skating is obviously rigged. It's so subjective to all the different Some would judges. say corrupt. Oh, totally corrupt. There's 
voting blocking and they can say all they want that it, they, you know it's impossible to do anymore bullshit i mean there was that uh uh there was a journalist i think it was a french journalist who who like a week prior to the actual event handed uh somebody else a, a list of of how no it was a french judge handed uh, uh handed a reporter a list of the order that the ice dancers were going to finish and they were bang on real. I didn't yeah. know that. No. Oh, yeah. King of conspiracies intrigued. That's you. <laughs> the other, uh, shit. I totally lost my train. I thought it's all right. The Norwegian men's curling team. Great pants again. Solid stuff. I love the Norwich. I was disappointed on the, on the, the Norwegian hockey team. Uh, um, Poor Vikingstad is no longer on the team. <laughs> That's he, your like, guy. Well, it is. I mean, there really is no better or accurate name for somebody from that country, you know? Yeah, no names stick out to me from the Olympics at all. No. Even I, even past Olympics, there seemed to, especially in Canada, there seemed to be athletes that kind of transcend, especially individual athletes that you hear about and they kind of become a national hero. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any names that emerged from no. this Olympics. The only thing I found out is that uh, there was a female. Um, I don't know if she was a bobsledder or a, uh, a loser Canadian. I think her name was Callie Humphreys. Apparently, she's like a, a mixed martial artist with a 10 and one record. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Dual sport athlete. You it's know? pretty good. You don't, uh, you don't see many of those. MMA and luge. It's quite a combination. That should be the new biathlon. I'm trying to think of how we'd set this up. Do, do we have separate luge tracks that intertwine? They could. You get to the bottom. It's an advantage to get there first. The problem is you're dealing in split seconds all the yeah. time. Because then you could just wait for them to get up and well, maybe that you attack did, them maybe as you they're getting off the if, if you win the run, you get like a one-point advantage. Or it's like Greco-Roman where yeah. the person starts and you get to go over top or whatever. It's like, you know, Seinfeld used to do a bit about uh, how insane the biathlon is. It's, you know, it's cross-country skiing and shooting a gun. It's it's pretty much the same as running a 100-yard dash and strangling a guy, you know. It's just, it's a weird sport. Yet, oddly, the most compelling to me. Biathlon yeah. is? <laughs> it's really interesting. Did you, um, I have to say that it's very... The Winter Olympics are different from when I was growing up. There seems to be a lot more X game stuff in there. There's a lot of different types of ski jumping and and artistic skiing and 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 uh snowboarding and and half pipe and all this other stuff like I did enjoy watching that uh the snowboards that are racing at the same time. That was pretty cool. There was a lot of wipeouts in that. I didn't catch that. I thought that was I just remember as a kid, the event I, for some reason, lived for was just regular ski jumping, like long-distance ski jumping. Right. I was amazed at how far they would They go far. It. And that, that doesn't seem to be a big deal as much anymore. No. I don't remember even seeing it on TV once. I, I miss my ski jumping. Well... I, I just don't understand how you get good at that. Like, what do you, what do you do? Like, I think there was you, a time. You, you point your toes and you're better. I don't know. I think at one time I wa I think told my parents I wanted to learn how to water ski jump or something. 
that. That would be a something, bad idea. Something I could do around here. I, what a mistake that it, would have been. Didn't, uh, it didn't happen? They didn't fulfill your wish? Thankfully. They, sometimes parents do actually know what's best for you. I guess. <laughs> My mother wanted me to be a vet. And? Well, I would have been a terrible vet. Oh, I don't know about that. Nah, I don't have the patience to that. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to be a vet. Yeah. Until I was about 12. And then I finally realized you just have to cut animals' balls off all the time. Or, and... or <laughs> kill them. Yeah. When they need to die. Yeah. I don't, think, rea- I don't think I could do that. Yeah. There's a reality to being a veterinarian that you don't see right away as a kid. Yeah. I mean, you either, uh, and I'm sure you would. You probably would get used to that pretty quickly, or you you can't do the job. You know, you you have to watch people like sobbing uncontrollably <laughs> as they jam a needle into their dog or cat's leg as they slowly drift off into death in front of these people. You know, it's... now I want to be a vet again. <laughs> That should be uh, like in a brochure at a veterinarian school. You know, that's that's what you get to do. You get to crush the hearts of small children, which, you know, I would probably enjoy. That'd be the best part. Actually, I, my favorite part about doing that would be telling a small child that your cat is going to die. Very soon. Yes. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it. <laughs> Cashew? You know, hand them some nuts? I don't know. Let's uh <laughs> <laughs> We are terrible people. So, let's get into our first big topic for the show. Are you excited about it? March Madness, NCAA college basketball. I'm definitely excited to watch considering I work from home now and I'll be able to watch all the games tomorrow. I'll probably have them on at least in the background in some capacity. I don't follow college basketball other than knowing a bit of the bigger stars that are probably going to be in the draft this year. Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker. Who else you got? <laughs> That's about no, it. Oh, man. Embiid. Tyler Ennis. It's a Canadian kid. Point guard in Syracuse. Really? Yeah. Bill Simmons loves him. I don't know. I can't watch college basketball unless it's the tournament. I, just, I know there's a large contingent of people that will fight to the death for college basketball, saying it's way more competitive. The spirits there; these kids want it so bad. You see, they leave it all on the court. All I see is zone defense, which is incredibly boring to watch. I I play zone defense in my men's league. I play center. I barely move. That's, that's yeah. why I play center. But <laughs> do, you, do you pull down like twenty boards a game? No, nah, maybe six or seven. Mm. Usually two or three blocks, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm surprised you don't average a double double a night. No, I like to pass a lot too. Oh, okay. The other thing is, as a center, I'm not that tall in this league, right? So right. there's a lot, guys a lot bigger than me, but I'm the tallest guy on our team, and the slowest. So center, put me in the middle. Got it. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I zone defense is so boring to watch, and I just. The other thing, this is where the NBA destroys college basketball, the ability to finish at the rim. 
Right. These guys hardly miss lay, cont- heavily contested layups. They still find a way to score. And in college, it's just the easiest stuff gets missed sometimes. They're still, it's, it's not, they're still kids, right? You know. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's that's bad or they should be ashamed or anything. It's just uh, what I'd prefer to watch kind of thing. And add on top of that, the short three-point line, as my dad said. Right. If they had that three-point line when I played, I would have scored 40 points a game. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, he can shoot really well. All he, right. Oh, he's amazing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, the tournament's exciting. Not the biggest fan of college basketball, but we'll be looking forward to the next couple weeks. Well, that's good. How about you? How, what's your stance on it? I love it. Like I'm, I'm so stoked about. It. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a Syracuse Orange fan, and uh, like all through this college basketball season, you know, when they won their first twenty some odd games, I was like, this is the greatest thing since Mellow, you know, was was uh, taking our team to victory. So, Would, do you like Beheim? Love him. Oh, love him. He's the worst. Why? He's just so annoying. I remember I saw one game this year and. There was a charge call at the end of the game, and he was losing his shit. That's like the only time he's ever done that. I, hey, you only get one chance to make a second impression because I had seen him in the it in was, the final four before. But it, was, it was kind of bullshit that call, anyway. Come on, a charge call. It it wasn't that obvious. First of all, there's a lot of close calls and charges in general. Right. I thought he went a little cuckoo. It was a bad call. Says the Syracuse Orange fan. Terrible call. <laughs> I blocked out the call, or what it looked like. I just remember him being, um, being a douche. Jim Baham appeared on an episode of Man vs. Food, and that was awesome, too. I kind of like him now. Yeah. <laughs> that was a quick, nice flip-flop there. I knew that would uh, you would appreciate that. but uh, And then they lost, like, five of their last, I think, seven games, and which is, you know, Leading into a tournament, that's a terrible time to kind of fall apart. So now they're they're now a three seed, and they're in the same conference as both Kansas and Florida, who is, you know, everybody picks to be the tournament champion. Well, the most part do, and uh, I think uh, it's it's going to be a bad bad scene for them. I mean, they got a, a long road ahead of them. I the reason why. I find the tournament a little more exciting now, perhaps than in years past is that because kids are going to the NBA so soon and not staying in college, you do get the sense that it's more of a, a crap shoot more now than ever. Oh right? yeah. Because well, they're I so mean, young, anything can happen. And what, te- on, on whether they turn out to be good players or, or no, teams just, that can win. Any team, I think, has more chance than they did in the past. Where oh, guys, especially would, this year, yeah, and when guys would stay in college for two or three years, especially good good players, it was kind of clear which teams were the the elite teams. Right. Where now it's not as cut and dry. And add on top of that, uh, the fact that you know teams that don't have pro destined players retain guys that together for three or four years, and they develop a chemistry, a way of playing. They have an advantage in ways, too. So it's definitely interesting to look at it from that perspective, too. And especially some of the guys who are, you know, it's their last year in college, and this is the last time they're going to play basketball, essentially. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Adam Silver, the new uh, 
commissioner of uh, the NBA and his uh, thought about maybe uh, making a, a rule where you have to be 20 years old to play in the NBA. I could go, I don't care about it at all. Right. I have no opinion. I'm fine either way. I don't think there, it, it's as much of a problem as it was before with young guys in the NBA. I think it's fine. The, I guess the biggest problem is the younger they are, the longer it takes them to develop and you're losing them very quickly. I know Bill Simmons mentioned the idea of if you leave early, you have to sign a longer contract and stuff, longer rookie contract. I just think that, uh, you know, a, a, a class of players that are all 20 years old, you would get more solid NBA players each year. And uh, I mean, I, again, I don't, I don't care either way. If, if the NBA wants to pay an 18 year old kid, a lot of money, um, that's, you know, they're, they're crapshoot on whether that kid turns out or not. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can see why it would be a good thing for the NBA, for college basketball, Maybe not a great thing for the players. Well, I, I think because you can, uh, you know, I mean, coaches, they don't have to deal with one-and-done players anymore. You know, they can build a team over a couple of years. And, and, and you know, I think, they're again, that would possibly provide more competitive basketball. Okay, let's say I am amazing at college basketball. I'm going to go in the top five of the draft. I have to play another year in college. I blow my knee out, never play basketball again. Yeah, but you could blow your knee on the NBA and be like Greg Oden. But I'd have a five-year contract, and at least I'd be set for life. Well, that's why when you're in college, you you have a backup plan, and you get a degree. I don't care what your degree's in. You're not going to get a $10 million payday on day one. Yeah, but how long is that money going to last? Because there's no more after that. Uh, I don't know. I Do you think, I think it's a big deal. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. I, people, if I had a, mi- a million blow- dollars right now, I would be the happiest guy. In yeah, the world. because you're smart with your money, and you're not going to go blow it. But if you're an 18 year old kid that grew up in, you know, poverty and had nothing as in you know, and now you have all of this money, there's a good chance you're going to blow it because a lot of them do. Did you watch the that? Yeah, uh, did you watch broke? Who's to say they wouldn't blow money they earned from a degree? Why yep. is that money? But it, but if you have a degree and you have a job, you're still getting paid. But if you if your basketball career is over, you're not getting paid to play basketball anymore. Say, on a, let's say you make seventy thousand dollars a year. Yeah. How long is it going to take you to earn what you would have made in one day? Yeah, but you're gonna. But they would blow all that money I, in probably a year. Did you watch broke that thirty for thirty? I did. Yeah, there's a lot of people that that but had obviously people are aware of it 30, now too. Forty millions. Of dollars, and they don't have anything left. Oh, I think you can make a case that those people had problems handling handling money in general and gambling problems. Yeah. And who's to say they wouldn't? Because they be have this, all of this money to play around with. But if you're but if you're addicted to gambling, I don't think it matters how much you gamble. You're going to gamble what you have, regardless but, of how but much. You it might is. not start gambling if you don't have the money to start gambling with. If you if you if you're on a seventy thousand dollar a year salary. You know, you're not going to start gambling because you don't have that excess income. You know, you don't have that extra well, money. But if you have $10 million in your bank account on one shot and then blow your knee and you're sitting at home doing nothing, that's how that problem starts. I think we have our answer. Dismantle the NBA. Everybody get nice $70,000 a year jobs so you don't waste your money. 
I'm just saying <laughs> getting an education is not a horrible thing. I know. I'm just. That's all. Yeah. Playing devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrible job at that. <laughs> oh. So did you fill out a bracket? I did. And I did entered you... the same pool every year. I came second last year. Like, Picked the you, winner. Did you submit did you submit your bracket into like an actual? Yeah, up where I used to work, they have a pool every year. So I guess the winner last year finished second place. Actually, but I, I but I meant like like uh, like on CBS. I yeah. submit it to the thing. Oh, well. okay, yeah, 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 that's what I meant. Yeah, absolutely. Because you want to maybe get the billion dollars from Warren Buffett. Or Jimmy, now, do I have to submit Jimmy that Buffett? somewhere else? Is it Jimmy Buffett or Warren Buffett? Mm, Warren Buffett, probably Warren. Although, although Jimmy Buffett's a generous guy too. Yes, he gave away free tickets to his show at the ACC to fill up the up the upper stands to make it a party. I don't think he did it to be generous. I think he did it so it wouldn't look sad. And it was still sad, oh, but fun. Did, did you go? I did. When was this? <laughs> oh, it was like five years ago. Oh, now, maybe okay. more. All right. Did he play Margaritaville? I think he did. Maybe twice. Did he play Cheeseburger in Paradise? My favorite. That's why I went. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite rock band songs, too. Really? Oh, yeah. That's in rock band? Yeah. It doesn't really rock. Mm, It rocks. (laughs) A lot. I like it in karaoke, too. Wow. That's impressive. I have an... A cheeseburger hat that I put on for special performances. Mm. Where'd you get that? The Well and Food Festival. Why? Why did the Well and Food Festival have? Burger <laughs> it was like hats? A, a vendor with kids' toys, you know, the glow sticks and weird hats. So the cheeseburger hat picked it up. Yeah. It's coming handy. Did you bring it to the show? I yeah, I must have. Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> I I had to have. So did you? Uh... So tell me about your final four. All right. Keep in mind, last year, I picked perfectly the final two and winner. Come on. Yeah. The rest of it was shit, but I got that. So uh, I have Kansas going up against Michigan State. Wait. So you, you're picking Kansas to knock out Florida? Yeah. The, the number one consensus team to win it all. Why not? This is all a crapshoot anyway. Andrew, if everyone's picking Florida, you got to pick something else. You think Andrew Wiggins is going to... He's going to show up big time. All right. All right. So you, so your final four is... I also tend to pick more schools that... Uh, players that I like, or specifically former Pelicans and Hornets played for. <laughs> That's usually one of my main deciding factors. And unfortunately, Xavier lost their play in this year, and I always pick Xavier to go far because it's david west's uh okay. alma mater so so you have kansas and michigan kansas from the south michigan from the east and arizona and duke arizona from the west duke from the midwest wow we had two uh, we have two of the same teams in the final four okay um i have florida and michigan and i have arizona and louisville out of the midwest okay Pretty cl- I, We might have the same f- final two then. No, we don't. Oh, the opposite? I have Michigan State versus Arizona. I have Florida over Louisville. And I have Arizona winning it all. Really? Yeah, I also feel like there's a cyclical, cyclical thing with the, the final four. 
the same there's always the the good programs and teams right mm-hmm. and i feel like it always kind of redistributes and teams that have been good for a long time end up winning and i feel just, it's a gut feeling really that arizona is taking it all they're due i do think uh, that florida will face kansas in the south final but uh you know i i would prefer syracuse to beat kansas but it's probably not going to happen although the problem is with syracuse is that their their defense is probably the best they have the best system they have some of the hardest working guys they just can't fucking score yeah i watched a bit of a kansas game once their offense this was earlier in the season it did not look good mm, yeah. they, they did not have kansas a- or syracuse Kansas. Kansas. Ta- I was talking about Syracuse. Oh, I, for, when I watched the Kansas game, they were kind of scoring just on free throws, isolation. It could have been good defense on the other team's part. but there are, they, there are games, though, when Wiggins is just amazing. Yeah, so I'm kind of banking on the fact that he's going to have a good tournament. And uh, Jabari Parker with Duke is going to... And they Duke just plays. As much as I hate Coach K, he's a good coach and... He seems to be able to get these kids into shape. One of the uh, craziest last names to pronounce. Shashevsky? Yeah. Because it doesn't look like no. it at all. He's a bit of a hard ass, that Coach K. Why do you think he never coached in the NBA? His hair. <laughs> Kobe wanted to play for him. Yeah? Yeah. I just don't think he wants to deal with egos, essentially. Sometimes that uh, the his... college coach transition to pro coach just doesn't always work out. See Rick Pitino. Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was awful. What about your boy, Bayheim? Yeah, well, he's pretty comfortable in Syracuse. It's a nice it? nice school. Probably gets to see Jim Brown every now and then. <laughs> you know, probably watches that movie The Express a lot. I still haven't seen that. No? No. It's pretty bad. <laughs> like, it goes on. Like, after they show him winning the Heisman, there's still, like, another half hour to go. And he never played a game in the NFL. Like, it's like, it's kind of the end of the story. Yeah. All right. So he dies from leukemia. That's kind of your Spoiler little... alert. Well, it's, 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 a, it's a historical fact. I well, didn't... I didn't know. You didn't know that Ernie Davis is dead? No. Oh. Sorry. Thanks. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. Well, I'm kind of an asshole, I guess. No, it's fine. I should know that. It's on me, really. Well, I just I so, kind of figured that you know you would have at least watched it already. Did not look appealing. No, from the trailers at no. all. I mean, there are uh, there's a football movie with Dennis Quaid that is really good, and it's not The Express. So, which one's that? Any given Sunday. Oh yeah, sorry. I love any given Sunday. Oh yeah, it was on like uh, on uh, on one of the movie networks on last Sunday. It was all football films in a row. They had uh, um, the best of times, uh, any given Sunday, The Express, um, the one with Mark Wahlberg, Invincible, and uh, uh, Johnny B. Good was on all and, the right moves and all the right moves. It was like Little all, Giants. No, 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 Ventura? no comedies. No, Please. just uh, well. I mean, Johnny Be Good, I suppose, is a comedy, but uh, but nothing that's you know kid friendly. 
So are you going to watch uh, March Madness tomorrow, Friday? Yeah. All day? Yeah, you I mean, I'm going to try to watch as much as I can at, uh, while I'm at work. Um, I found a great website that streams live sports. Really? Yeah. We'll have to talk about this after. Definitely. Because I've tried. There used to be the, the classic ATDHE. No. And this this thing is it's is been a, a disaster trying this to thing is filter. A, a worldwide thing. Like I watch Korean men's and women's volleyball on this thing. It's awesome. It's a great <laughs> website. Okay. And I love watching volleyball and it's, you know, they don't air it on North American television very often. So um, there's like Italian league stuff. It's great. There's a little bit of everything. I watch a lot of stuff on Sky Sports in the UK. That's gold. Watch any cricket? No. But I watch uh, their uh, wrestling broadcasts and uh, UFC stuff. Have you uh, tried the WWE Network yet? No. Don't get it. Well, I know. I just A couple of people I know were in the States and or no. at a hotel room and but got there's, to try it out. There's a, I mean, clearly there's amazing stuff on there. And I, I can't wait till it's available. You know, I heard that uh, you know when they first launched it, people with Apple TV had it for a little while, and then it got taken away. Like, like Apple had to go and I don't know if it was Apple, but providers had to go and refund people's money because they bought it because it was they were able to access it. And and uh, I just heard this like really good shit on there. Like, what I want to watch the most is a roundtable shows called Legends of Wrestling that they were doing. Well, and people will just talk like out of character about uh, their careers and things like that. And uh, I've seen a couple of them and they're amazing. There's one where uh, Bret Hart and Pat Patterson were both on and, and Jim Ross kind of run, ran these shows and he asked Bret who he thought was like the greatest wrestling villain of, of all time. And, uh, and he said, well, I, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I was really afraid of a guy named Archie, the stomper Gouldy. And he was, uh, I think he was from the, from the States, but, uh, uh, he wrestled in for his dad in stampede wrestling. And, uh, he was just like this, this scary guy. And he's, you know, as a, as a kid growing up, you know, like, uh, I just, I was really scared of this guy. Like, and he was just so evil and Pat Patterson lost his fucking shit saying, you know, what kind of a stupid answer is that? <laughs> Nobody knows who he is. And, um, Michael Hayes from the Freebirds was like, well, they just asked him a question who he thought was the greatest villain. That was his answer. It's all right. And Patterson in his French accent just went fucking bonkers about what a stupid answer Bret Hart gave. It was great. I got to watch that. And and then in Legends House, I really want to watch. I would just want a stream that's interview after interview. I just want the pre-match interviews from and like promos the 80s, and stuff. The 80s and 90s, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if that exists, I will buy it. What you need to watch then is uh, uh, WCW Spring Stampede 1997. Uh, pre-match promo with uh, Harlem Heat and uh, Queen Sherry. Um, oh, Queen Sherry. They were, uh, Harlem Heat were, I think they were competing in a match uh, um, with some other wrestlers and the winner was able to get like a a heavyweight title shot. And uh, so Harlem Heat were in another match as well on the show. And they were, I can't remember who they were going up against. It might've been the road warriors or something or like the NWO or 
and they you know did the, they did their typical promo that they were you know um going to go through the the tag team match and then they're going to compete later on and uh uh booker t <laughs> basically he said uh he said and hulk hogan we're coming after you and then said n-word like said it in the promo and it's they didn't edit it off the uh on the WWE network. But the best thing about that is that you can see the look on Booker T's face when he realizes what he just <laughs> says. And then Stevie Ray jumps in and cuts uh, and starts talking over Booker T kind of just fades off into the background, <laughs> realizing that he just said the N word called Hulk Hogan an N word nice. on the live pay-per-view. That's pretty good. Oh yeah. I got to check it's, that out. It's very good. Another thing I would love is, you know, just a stream. I want a, a Piper's pit stream. Or a brother love stream. Yeah, you're probably not going to get that. You, but I mean, that stuff will be on there. You just have to find it. And but do you know what Legends House is? I'm assuming it's a reality show. Where old wrestlers live together. Oh yeah, <laughs> Roddy Piper, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Gene Okerlund. Um, I can't remember any of the other guys, but you know all those. You know who's probably in there? It's probably Ted DiBiase. It's probably, you know, um, I don't think the Sheik is in there. Although that would be really good. Maybe the Honky Tonk Man or oh, Sergeant Slaughter. But yeah, I know. Uh, Legend Sauce, I think, would be pretty funny. Sounds pretty good. I think so. How did we get under the WWE Network from March Madness? I don't know. Like a nice stream of consciousness there. I honestly don't remember at all. I think yeah. it had something to do somehow oh, with the WWE. streaming live sports. Yes. Right. And watch, yeah. And I was watching all, and then you, right. Right, okay. Got it, because I said I watched some wrestling on there. All right. Okay, now it's not so crazy anymore. It makes a little bit of sense that that's what we did. We got there, anyway. So, um, Arizona is your pick to win it all. Easy. I'm saying Florida. Guess we'll see in two weeks' time. I wouldn't be surprised if my team got eliminated in the second or third (laughs) round. It's happened before. (laughs) Last year was the first year I actually did well. Is there a, a, a team that uh, is going to go on a, a strong run? Like every year there's always a, a team that does I it. was trying to remember the name of the Florida team. that Weren't they the 13 seed that made it? How many years ago are we talking? I think it was two, only two years ago. I can't remember what they're called. Let's see. There was a, there was a VCU went far one year. Uh, George, um, George. Uh, I want to say George Benson, but it's not George Benson. It's, I just keep thinking George R. R. Martin. It's not. <laughs> it's not the guy that wrote "Song of Ice and Fire" either. And it's, and Butler did it. Uh, they had a good. Yeah, Butler good run. for sure. So it's always entertaining, man. It's good stuff. You and us is good stuff. You'll be more appreciative of this. The NBA. The NBA is really good, but not good for me right now because the Pelicans are. Terrible? But not ter- as terrible as they should be. I mean, they're, winning, they're winning four in a row. They're, they were at a cusp where they really could have tanked and done well. So but you, the bright side is Anthony Davis has been an absolute monster. Like we said went, in our NBA preview show. Went 40 and 20 the other night. Just, he's the best. And I should mention I went and saw them in Toronto. Oh, yes. Absolute joke. The refs were brutal. Uh, Raptors won? Yeah. Pelicans came back. The Raptors were up by like 15 with two minutes left. And the Pelicans got it down to four. It was crazy. I was just reveling. Just 
and so I was screaming at people saying, I hope you don't get your pizza because they were close to a hundred points. <laughs> Just kind of playing the, re- I always try to play a bit of the wrestling villain at the, do you want to explain to people what you meant by the pizza? Oh, if you, if they score a hundred points, you get free pizza, right? If but you not, take your ticket to then, pizza, pizza the next day. Yes. Right. So I, I always, uh, like just get a little crazy at these games. Sure. We should probably go to a game. Yeah, we should. Yeah. I would I would like to witness Dirty Frank. It's not this if it's not the Pelicans, it's not the same. Right. Okay. But if it's the Pelicans, I embrace the the negative energy. Right. It it really is like being a bad guy wrestler. See, every time I've gone to see the Lakers, they've just smoked the Raptors, so I I've, I've never had to really do anything because it was just it wasn't even a contest, you know. I remember two years ago, uh, the the Raptors won, and I was walking up at the end, and some little kid yelled something at me, like, like, like just joking around. Hey, what happened to your team, Benny? I hate idiots. <laughs> and like I that. turned to the kid and go, "What you?" I didn't say, "What you say to me?" And I stared him down. <laughs> and the kid's like, <laughs> "Wow!" I'm like, "I'm just kidding, buddy. Relax." <laughs> I've never seen that side of you. Tried before. to scare the shit out of him. And he didn't. You got it. That parent should be teaching that kid. Right. You don't know who someone is. You don't start a fight. You can't win. That's true. So just try to put a little fear of God in the kid. Yeah. I I totally get it. You know I I, I sometimes uh, you know things you know uh, I lose a little bit of control at some live sporting events. I mean it happened once at a at a Bulldogs game. <laughs> against the Marlies, you know, and got a little upset. Um, the friend of mine that uh, uh, I w- <laughs> went to the game together, and <laughs> I I think he threw uh, a full cup of beer at some people, <laughs> which was, he felt bad about it later on, but it was pretty funny. I have screamed and been extremely aggressive three times at Bill's games. Twice in the stands, once in the parking lot. Right. I knocked uh, a, a, some food out of a kid's hand once. That was <laughs> Intentionally? Coming. Oh, yeah. Because he was coming down the steps as I was going up the steps, and he had had a mouth on him earlier in the game. So just as we walked past, I <laughs> reached out and smacked it out of his hand. <laughs> That's cruel. Oh, yeah. What was the food? Uh, I think it was nachos. Because it was a little tray. I mean, I couldn't tell if it was hot dog and fries or because they were just, it was quickly as the I The good thing them. with nachos is it's kind of double deadly. First, you get the, the chips falling, which has an explosive sound. So you know something went down. Oh, yeah. Second, you get the potential of a cheese cup spilling all over them. Yeah. So it's. And, and possibly a burn because sometimes that cheese is hot. It's probably, if you're going to not, not including like hot coffee or hot chocolate. It's probably the best thing you could knock out of someone's hands. Yeah. I was, you know, pretty happy with myself afterwards because, you know, I, I kind of upset a small child and those are the things that I like to do. Was the parent around? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we, I did it and then I just I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> was this after the game? or? Um, it was like seventh inning. It was baseball. Yeah? Yeah. And then you left the game? After? Well, we just went and sat in different seats. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can't go back there. <laughs> I totally knocked that kid's food out of his hand. So we got we to go sit somewhere and else. And it was an obvious, obvious thing. Oh, yeah. 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 
I, I heard it hey, as I took off. <laughs> How old is the kid? Uh, Ten. Yeah. Pretty good story, though. I'm kind of a jerk. That's that's the thing. Yeah. I've, I've been known to be a, a jerk. I haven't and, seen and, that. No. Well, like I've, that vicious side? I've never seen in you before. No? I've done a lot of mean things to people before. Like uh, sending new employees down to uh, um, the... Uh, stationary store to buy a, a new paper stretcher i don't even get it well that exist right so they go they, they walk down and they're like yeah i'm here from and i'm here to get a new paper stretcher <laughs> and the other stores employees just kind of i we don't what what is that i i don't know i was just told to come down here and buy it and that's funny it's pretty good you know and like when uh i wouldn't say it's super mean when I worked at uh, the grocery store, we used to uh, uh, tell new employees when we were closing to uh, uh, make sure they go downstairs and feed the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so one of two things would happen, and in some cases, both things would happen. Um, you could, we would go up into the main office and look through the two two way uh, mirror, and. Uh, and you could see that somebody walking up and down looking for stairs, or even better, carrying a bag of dog food looking for <laughs> stairs. At least they had the foresight to think of bringing dog food. Oh, yeah. Could be an interview test. But, like, the thing is that, like, n- never once did we get a response of, why are there dogs at the grocery store? <laughs> not once. No, not once. Like it always was afterwards. Like you know, I was gonna say something, but you know, I didn't really know. I, I maybe they were guard dogs. I don't know. And so, quality stuff. So NBA Pelicans suck. Um, Lakers probably gonna win the draft lottery. I am all but sure that they are gonna get the first pick. They're gonna get the first pick for sure. They're gonna. This is. I think they're gonna get the first pick. Obviously, get Kobe back, and I think they're gonna get. Ashik in a trade. Okay. And then probably sign someone else really good. Kevin Love? Uh, is Can he opt out this year? Yeah. Yeah? Maybe. I think so. It's a pretty good lineup right there. Yeah. I don't know who they're going to they're gonna pick first, well, the wor- but uh, they're the- definitely going to. They'll, they'll win the draft lottery. <laughs> it is almost a given. The one thing I hate is how many Lakers games are actually on TV right now. There's a lot. Every game is of the Lakers, or, uh, especially, or the, or especially the, the ABC games on Sunday. Yeah. Well, that's they just they picked, you know, like you know the uh, the the ABC East feed is it's always going to be the Knicks or the Heat, and then the the West feed is usually Oklahoma City or the Lakers. But that's you know they're going to put on the what's going to get them ratings because those are the teams with the most fans. I think it's crazy. And I think they said this was the first time in NBA history that the Lakers, the Celtics, the 76ers, and the Knicks were all abysmal. Which, and those are probably the four biggest markets, you know, for basketball anyway. And uh, they're all terrible. And I love it. It's pretty crazy. Because I hate all those teams. Well, I'm sure you do. But other than that, it's been a pretty amazing season. Yeah. And lots of good teams. Phoenix, I had predicted would make the playoffs based on the two games I watched them before we did our show, our NBA NBA preview. 
Did either one of us pick Portland to be good? No. no. I still think they might drop out of the playoffs, though. They could. I think they'll be a first-round loser. And I said on the last show, Brooklyn's coming back. And they are back, baby. They are coming back. And they back. have owned the Heat, which is what I was said would happen. They would so beat the Bulls. So. Yeah. I still love the Heat, though. I want yeah. them to win again. There's um, there's a, there's a potential for uh, next year, the you know the Bulls having Noah and Rose and Mello as their big three. I would not want Mello on my team. I don't think a lot of people do, except for Jim Beheim. <laughs> he was pretty happy with Carmelo Anthony. Well, I think in a college setting where you have a, a great score, it takes a lot of stress away about running an offense. And but I th- I think uh, a, a and uh, a good point about. Carmelo going to the Bulls is that, you know, he doesn't have to be the guy on the team. And, you know, they expected that in Denver. And, they, and I think pressure gets to him a lot where he thinks he has to shoot all the time. But if he's on a team with a guy that is better than he is, like Derrick Rose, and another guy who is proving to be pretty outstanding in Noah, um, I think that's a, a, a better fit than anywhere else he's been. Okay. It, it is definitely a better fit than him going to, say, like the Heat, which I think would be a terrible idea. No, LeBron would never let that happen. And uh, what was the other team that they think uh, he could go to? I it's, thought L.A. was one of them too. No, not anymore. He won't go there. I mean, uh, he'd just be in the same situation he was with the Knicks. Well, you brought up something that it will lead me to another thing I wanted to talk about. And you said... Carmelo likes to shoot a lot because he thinks he has to. He has pressure. I don't think he does. I think he likes to shoot a lot because that's who he is. He thinks he should oh, shoot. It's, you're probably, but I think all that is is like he's one of those guys that uh, believes everything that he thinks is is the right answer, and um, he probably thinks to himself that that you know I have to be the guy because I'm the only guy that's going to do it and i'm the best at doing it so i'm going to do it he essentially has his own voice playing the part of clint howard as the dad in parenthood telling his son matt whatever it's here you go get it it's the only chance you're having to win do you know what i'm talking about you, i know who clint howard is he's the dad in parenthood of the i thought that was ed begley jr no that's the tv show Parenthood. oh this is the villain dad at little league okay he is he is matt and Matt's dad combined into one. I don't know who Matt is. The bat, the bully kid, kind of, on the baseball team. You I'm, know, not, I'm just, not sure I've seen Parenthood. Well, you probably should watch it four times over the next week or two. It gets better every viewing. Now, what the, the point I wanted to make was the All-Star game. This is why I don't think pressure has anything to do with it. That was the worst All-Star game I've ever seen. It was terrible. Life. And There was a lot of scoring. The end of the game was literally... Durant and Carmelo going back and forth, chucking threes. Right. It was the worst. I wanted to snap. Like, these guys are so desperate to get all-star MVP, it's embarrassing. Think of how awesome that game would have been with the zone defense. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, like, Blake Griffin was amazing and has been amazing. Chris Paul is always entertaining in all-star games. And then you get to this point where these guys run down, pull up three. Other guy, pull up three. And it's like, why am I watching this? Like, who? 
Oh, they should almost, in my mind, they should eliminate the three-point line in all-star games. How awesome was it that Mamba was voted to the starting lineup after only playing six games or whatever? Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty dumb. But wasn't it also amazing that the person that took his place was Anthony Davis? I guess. I I was glad he played. I just meant like for... For us? For us. Yeah. That's appropriate. Absolutely. And considering Kobe was drafted by them too, so it was a weird... Weird connection between those teams. Yeah, there is. There's a history there, you know, and so it's going to be great. I mean, next year, I think the Lakers are going to be, they'll be better, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, even with the pick they get. But the year after, um, when it's that big free agent class and all the money is open up for them and um, it's going to be decent. Did you listen to the uh, Steve Nash Simmons podcast? Yeah. It was pretty uh, interesting stuff that he had to say that uh, um, how the Lakers asked him not to play anymore this year, and he said okay. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I that the whole thing felt like a fluff piece to me. Like, really? Yeah. It it felt like Steve Nash trying to paint himself as a good guy completely, and I don't know if I'm not saying he's not a good guy, but if it just felt a little too nice, and he well, he's a nice guy. I don't know if he is. Well, I mean, I think he's perceived as being. A nice I thought guy. it was. I thought it was. Um, You're telling he said he had no idea about the ten game contract thing when he w- was going to p- suit up for his tenth game. He said he had no idea. How is that humanly possible? I don't know, but I mean, he's, this is also the same interview where he said that uh, you know um, he's coming back for the money. Yeah, he flat out said that. Right, but. And then he said he wasn't aware of the money. You don't think his agent, who gets a cut of that, is telling him to play that game? Or I, I just I think it's a little ridiculous to claim ignorance on stuff like that. But but again, I mean, he came right out and said that he's only going to come back for the money for the ten million dollars. So like, why would he say that right. but not say the other thing? Because they're they're kind of the same thing. Because he just said he's coming back to play for the money, and playing that tenth game is also essentially playing for the money. It just seems like maybe I, like a, a weird thing to say one thing and then not say the other. May, yeah, I, I can't really disagree with you. I just it wasn't. I got your text and I was thought it was going to be really groundbreaking stuff. Oh, I, well, I mean, I didn't know anything about how how. Mike Brown wanted them to learn this crazy new offense, and then and you know and they had a four and a half hour practice for the very the very first time they all got together, and everybody knows that he has a horrible back, and you know and you're doing these crazy practices and and just flat out re injuring the guy in practice, you know which is insane and. And seeing now everybody was struggling with the offense and that Kobe was unhappy and Dwight was unhappy and Powell was unhappy and Mike Brown still trying to, you know, do this offense that uh, nobody seems to be getting. And then, you know, things shit the bed right from the start. Then they bring in D'Antoni and, and he's like, yeah, I don't care about defense. Yeah, but look. look and, and they're all old and slow. So what they should have been doing was playing defense. But they, they this you know, like the, the whole season has been 
awful and everything has gone wrong and the wrong people are in charge of the team and they're all making terrible decisions. But I don't think it's fa- unfair to say that Steve Nash kind of passive, passive aggressively attacked who he wanted to Mike Brown. The Lakers were way worse under Dan Tony. And at that point he kind of said, well, Mike didn't really have much of a choice because he knows Dan Tony and he's friends with him. He didn't really throw him under the bus the way he threw Mike Brown under the bus who for how many games Mike Brown coached compared to well, Mike Dan- D'Antoni, it's not even close. Well, I'm just, I think uh, Brown wouldn't have got fired if he had coached that team the right way. And D'Antoni was the wrong coach to bring in. And I think that was that came across on that podcast. From I mean, he didn't flat out say it, but uh, you could tell that Nash was basically saying that, you know, he was the wrong coach for the that team because – they were too slow to be playing that type of a, a game, and they just never changed it, and everybody got mad. Probably one of the best Lakers seasons, in my opinion, in history. <laughs> but it's going to get them the first overall pick, and then they're going to be great again. It's cyclical and wonderful. Speaking I've already of, prepared myself for that. I just purchased a, a book today. Uh, it's called Showtime. Oh, yeah. And it's about uh, the Lakers in the 80s. And how amazing they were. Sounds like a good book. I am very excited. Did you read, read uh, the Phil Jackson book? I, I, I tried. I can't. He's, the, he's way too philosophical and he's much more intelligent than I am. And I, like, I wanted to be able to finish it, but I, I couldn't. It just, I couldn't do it. He's, he's a genius and he's, he's very well read. But I, I, like, I struggled through his first book. And then uh, I, I couldn't read Eleven Rings. I wanted to, but I just couldn't do it. Hmm. I haven't read it either. No. But he's in New York now. Yeah. It's so weird to me. It's very strange. Especially, I mean, if you're not going to be there, what kind of an influence can you make? Especially when his history is kind of dealing with big egos. Mm-hmm. Seems like something you would need to do in person and, 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 and interact on. with them yeah. to deal with those egos. Yeah. Very strange. It is. It is very odd. Unless it's like some uh, path to getting him to coach the team, which he's not going to do that. No, no. And and you know it's like, and it's just another reason for Jim Bus just to get the hell out of there, you know. And you know Kobe came out and he was like, "We really should not let Phil leave. We we need Phil back." Do whatever you need to do to get Phil back, and Bus is just—he's awful. I don't—I think he's way in over his head. <laughs> he, That's he has, a safe uh, statement. He has no idea what he's doing. Like his 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 dad was on a completely different level. I think Jeannie would do a much better job. She's at least, you know, has been around Phil enough to understand the game of basketball, which Jim Bus does not. I mean, like the worst thing he could have done. Uh, was Dan Tony in that situation with all those old guys that are slow? I mean, Kobe's a great defender, but he's he's not the same Kobe at defense that Kobe was ten years ago or five years ago, even. You know, and the, just uh, terrible. They can't do that run and gun stuff at th- th- that age. Well, the biggest thing for me would be you have Dwight Howard. The offense should be running through Dwight Howard. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. And understand. they never did that. No. And, you know, and, and they didn't run it through, you know, like it worked with Kobe and Powell. Yeah. They won two championships. They went to three straight NBA finals. They're like, like, could any team stop the Lakers if they had, if they had used Gasol and Howard the right way? I mean, that's a big two. You can't stop that. No. So, yeah, it was just terrible. It's all Kobe's phone. I don't think it's Kobe's phone. He antagonized phone, no. Dwight Howard, and that's what you get. Well, I, I mean, it was clearly Kobe's team, and anybody that's coming in should understand that, know how you know intense that guy is, and just, you know, let's... To his own fault. Follow his lead. Dwayne Wade didn't say, this is my team. He realized LeBron's the best player on the team. Yeah. That's the way it goes. But... uh he had a huge clash with Shaq after they won the title. Shaq does not even like Dwayne Wade anymore. So maybe Dwayne's like that. And now Shaq says that uh, Kobe's the best player he ever played with. And if he had stayed in Los Angeles, they would have won a hell of a lot more championships. Probably true. Probably true. Mostly because of Shaq. <laughs> Kobe won two without Shaq. With stack teams. It, and... Was it one of them? No, no, that was with Shaq still. Got a few other extra teammates on their side, too, wearing gray shirts. You're, you're just a bitter, bitter guy. Oh, a bit. Like, anytime something goes against the Pelicans, it's the refs, all biased refs. 80%. Yeah, but, but whenever... <laughs> the other 20% is Monty Williams. Whenever there are shit calls that go for the Pelicans, you don't, I never hear you say anything. They don't exist. <laughs> You just don't no, want to recognize them. That's kind of where you're wrong. If it's a foul and it's called correctly, I'm the first person to say that's foul. That they should not be arguing. Trust me. I just I never I never hear you ranting about <laughs> all those calls that go the Pelicans' way. That's all. Because it all those calls that go the Pelicans' way never happens ever. That's your opinion. Okay. Other people have different opinions, and Any, we see these things. Anything else in the NBA? Well, playoff race in the West. Knicks are actually on a bit of a winning streak. The West is still like anything can happen in the West. I, I I'm not sure I can boldly predict what's going to happen. I mean, I think, um, like I picked OKC to beat um, San Antonio in in the West final, and it's kind of looking like like I have no idea how San Antonio keeps going. But until they stop, like it's foolish to bet against them. Yeah. Ten in a row. Yeah, I mean they, they they probably have like the best coach for the guys that they have. I would give anything for Popovich to be my team's coach. He's awesome. He's amazing. Anything. He's amazing in interviews. Oh yeah, he, <laughs> I, I love the pop interviews. He's yeah. a very grumpy man. He just see sees through all the bullshit. Has no tolerance for it. You know, and he understands that. You know. He's got a lot of old guys, and he has no problems sitting his players because he knows that in the playoffs they're going to need to have their legs. And, uh, yeah, it's so crazy how how good that team still is, as old as they all are. And, you know, when one of them retires, they're all going to retire. Like when Duncan goes, I think Tony Parker is going to retire. Popovich is going to quit. I think Tony Parker might go to a different team. He's still he's pretty young. That, Ginobili is he's injured a lot. He'd probably leave. But uh, that would put 
put San Antonio into some dark ages again for quite some time. Absolutely. But you know, they've uh, they've had a good run. Sean Dwyer and his Spurs. <laughs> it's crazy. Pick, it's still weird to winner. me that he's a Spurs fan. He's the he only Spurs a huge fan I know. Spurs fan. Yeah, he's he a never huge, shuts out. Shuts no, up he loves talking about the Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the East is still is still crazy. Um, I I have no idea how Chicago was after they traded Dang and they're better. I mean. Noah's been spectacular. Oh, his passing has been unbelievable. Those triple double and almost every game is close to a triple double. It's crazy. Even the, I guess another big surprise would be uh, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, leading the league in rebounds. Been pretty exceptional. The Clippers are entertaining, which I love watching any Chris Paul team, and that's probably the team I would be rooting for in the playoffs at this point. Um, Raptors and the Raptors. Really, I really liked it, the, yeah. the Raptors. I can't do it. Uh, yeah, Since yeah. they got rid of Rudy Gay, I love Grievous Vasquez. Uh, I just like their, you know, their hardworking team. Not a ton of egos. Kyle Lowry can be a bit grating, but other than that, I think they're uh, a well balanced team that, you know, fights hard. And I don't. Know, I'm. I'm glad to watch him, and I will definitely be rooting, rooting for them, and we'll probably try to go to at least one playoff game. It's really strange to see the Raptors, the Wizards, the Bobcats, and the Hawks all in the playoffs. <laughs> well, the Hawks have been good for a while, so I'm not super... Yeah, but, so- but they're, again, eighth. You know, so I mean, they, they haven't been good for... They've been the four or five seed about six years in a row. But... Uh, Having the Wizards and the Bobcats in there, like, did, are the Bobcats good because Jordan finally knows what he's doing, or no. is it in spite of what he's doing? Yeah, just solid defense, good coaching. I would say even Washington is pretty entertaining to watch as well. Uh, Gortat's been really good for them. They got to go back to being the Bullets, though, man. I, agree. I just think the Wizards is such a terrible, terrible team name. Yeah. Like, where did that even come from? I don't know. Like, did they have, like, a vote? I I don't remember. Blaine like, Gilbert Arenas. That's all I can say. I mean, Harry Potter wasn't a thing when they changed. <laughs> no, the it's not like Ted, the right? Raptors. Yeah. No, like, which was the worst decision ever. <sighs> I still don't hate the name Raptors. Oh, it's god-awful. Especially now that they've kind of transitioned to the... The paw print logo, I like that. Fair enough. Are you still sticking with uh, your uh, original uh, Final Four for the NBA playoffs that you did in our preview show? I think what I have: Brooklyn, Miami, OKC, and I can't remember the other one. Did you have Houston? Maybe. I think my finals was OKC and Brooklyn with OKC winning. I think that's what you said. Yeah. I had uh, Pacers and Heat and uh, OKC and the Spurs, and they're both one and two. Mm-hmm. Pacers haven't looked too good lately, though. Nope. Everybody, every team goes through those stretches, though. So I wouldn't have told, I wouldn't have guessed that the Spurs would win ten in a row. Anyway, anyway, it's shaping up to be a pretty good playoffs, especially in the West. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about it. 
So do we want to talk about what we were talking about earlier, about what we're going to potentially try to do? About Yeah. Uh, pr- either the, whatever, once the lineups are announced, like the Friday, or sorry, the Saturday and the Sunday usually has four games each. Right. On the slate. So maybe pick one of those afternoons and watch the games, do a live chat. We'll do like a live chat. Watch, have, watch some basketball. Have some beers. There'll be like four people listening. That's all right. It's okay. I'm going to watch the games anyway. So That's true. Could be fun. Um, are you going to scream about referee calls? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's actually... Could be one of the selling points. That's true. Uh, you, you might get an opportunity to hear... Frank Especially if, if like the Clippers play... Well, they wouldn't play San Antonio. But depending on who they play, if I really hate the team they're playing, that could be a good one. I don't know what you're like on the the film podcast now. I haven't listened to it, but uh, you know, you used to just take everything that Jay fed to you and kept quiet. I don't know. Do you fight back now? Is, have ah, people I, have people heard you get angry yet? I don't necessarily get angry. Right. I, I don't know. I think I stand up for myself. Well, that's good. But I I'm also willing to concede certain truths about myself. I can live with them. That you know? you've uh, that you cheer for a terrible basketball team. No. Okay. You won't admit that? Well, this year, yeah. I'll admit it this year. It's the truth. No no other year? Although they are riddled with injuries this year. Do you think the 76ers are going to bounce back? No. I mean, not this year. No. Because they're going to get a high pick, and Michael Carter Williams will be back, and then they're going to have Nerlens Noel. They'll be okay. I, don't, I still don't think they'll make the playoffs next year. They started off great this year. Flash in the pan. What have they lost now? 21 straight? 22 straight? 21 or 22, yeah. That's pretty bad. It's just embarrassing. They could be like the worst team ever. Yeah. If this is, if that's not a case for anti-tanking, I don't know what is. I would agree with you. So, you know, we're both big on uh, sports movies. So, And one other thing I, I wanted to mention with regards. Oh, sure. Uh, also, they've lost 21 in a row. And they're still not last place yet. Milwaukee. Milwaukee is yeah. still worse than them. Crazy. The Bucks. They're a talented team. So can, can I? Sorry, can yes. I can go on now? I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so we're both big fans of sports movies and sports documentaries. And uh, there's always uh, some gems that get revealed at the uh, Toronto Hot Docs Film Festival that happens... Uh, Every spring, and uh, I've gone and seen seen tons of stuff uh, over the last few years. Last year, I didn't, wasn't able to catch anything, but uh, um, there's always great movies that go. Did you get to Hot Dogs last year? I did. I think I went one day, one day, and saw maybe four things. Um, so they just announced the lineup, and there are for me there are two standout sport films that I want to uh, check out. Now, the uh, the first one is called Happy Valley, and uh, it's about um, the town of State College, Pennsylvania, uh, the whole uh, Penn State football, Joe Paterno hmm. thing. Um, it's all about that. It's a, a few years in in the making, but uh, there's a lot of crazy stuff that's going to be talked about in this movie. Um, those of you that are unaware... Most people are aware yeah. of what happened at Penn State. There was a lot of... I think that's a story that left the sporting world. Yes, yes. 
there were bad things that were happening uh, uh, at that school with uh, with players and coaches and that. So the whole town is, um, I would imagine, has completely fall, fallen apart with this scandal. And uh, so, yeah, there's a documentary about it that I think uh, about this town, which I think will be pretty exciting to check out. And the other thing is a documentary about one of my favorite pro wrestlers and one of my favorite people to follow on the Twitter. Please say Terry Funk. It is Terry Funk's not on Twitter. Uh, It's a documentary about the Iron Sheik. Oh, really? Oh, yes. That's pretty good. He he calls into Howard Stern a lot, and he is very entertaining. Uh, I cannot wait to see this movie. You know, it's about as... <laughs> What's it called? Does it have a title yet? It's called The Sheik. His name is Cosro Viziri. That's his real name. And it's all about, uh, you know, the WWF in the 1980s when he was champ and, and you know, launching Hulkamania and uh, the fact that, uh, you know, he was Olympic hopeful for Iran and became a bodyguard and now he's like this crazy pop culture icon and uh, like he writes a column in maxim now hilarious so that's I, a I, good one yeah I'm uh, very i would like to check that out as well to see this uh, uh, there's actually also an alice cooper documentary cooper's going to be there to present it as well it's about his life and and uh, they talk about uh, well it's uh, by sam dunn who did uh um the metal the the rock metal show the the television show about oh. the rock music what was it called the his, not the history of rock but uh, I can't remember. you know what I'm talking about yes. it's like a thirteen VH1, part series right? on VH1 and he also did uh, that the metal festival concert the parking lot heavy metal parking lot no no the other one I don't know uh, where he went to all the the shows went to all the the concerts in Europe and all that stuff fuck what it was a tiff like seven or eight years ago that I saw it. I can't remember what the fuck it was called. I don't know. Do you have the Google on that thing? Yeah. Google Sam Dunn and heavy metal film. Heavy. What was it called? What was it called? Heavy. Oh, son of a bitch. I'm just completely blank. Headbangers here. Ju- metal, a headbangers journey. That's it. Which is a great documentary. Uh, yeah. And so, metal, metal evolution was the show. So he's been, uh, he had talked about, I think during, Metal Evolution, he brought up the fact that he was working on an Alice Cooper documentary. And it, it it talks a lot about that show in Toronto with the chicken and all that stuff. Yeah, Cooper's going to be in town for it. So, And I'm pretty sure he lived in Toronto and made a lot of his albums in Toronto with so. Bob Ezrin. So, yeah, there's uh, so there's that, which is uh, pretty exciting. There's a documentary about uh, the guy that has played Big Bird for all those years. Um, and uh, how he actually was almost one of the passengers on the Challenger. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Lucked out there. Poor Big Bird. Yeah. That or been, lucky Big Bird. Yeah, that would have been terrible. Is Snuffleupagus a, a key part of this documentary? I, I would imagine. His relationship with Snuffleupagus? The guy that does Big Bird also does Oscar the Grouch. I can see the similarities in their yeah. vo- or hear the similarities in their voice. Here, not see. Yeah. They don't look alike. They, they kind of do. They have similar. They kind of sound alike. And I'm pretty sure even Oscar the Grouch has these weird tufts at the top of his head, similar to Big Bird's. 
I don't think that's accurate. I think that's just dirt and garbage. It's trash. The guy lives in a trash can. It's true. I, it, I know. Okay. I, I it is a pretty you, I, creative way to get a puppet inside. Oh, yes. Where you get, like to put him in a garbage can? I thought you were disputing that claim. No, I'm certainly not. Because I have proof that he does. <laughs> but, yeah, so the, there's there's a whole bunch of, you know, just check out the Hot Docs uh, website and uh, look at the, the festival lineup and, uh, and see the show times. But uh, I highly recommend uh, those two if you're a, if you're a sports documentary fan. Those I uh, screamed out as highlights for me. And uh, I'm probably going to check out that Alice Cooper one as well. Very exciting stuff. Cool. And uh, one quick story before we get into uh, balls around the world. Um, did you know that Indianapolis Colts superstar quarterback Andrew Luck and I have something in common? I was wasn't aware completely. You both okay. have beards. We do both have beards. Uh, we both are great leaders, and uh, we both can throw a football. You both have deep voices. We both have deep voices. And um, as far as that goes, that's probably all the similarities we have, except I found out that he, like myself, still uses a Samsung flip phone. It's very exciting (laughs) because I really thought I was one of the only people left that had a flip phone. And now this, you know, Sports celebrity has the same phone that I do. Do you know who else also has a flip phone? I don't know. My mom. Really? So <laughs> that's that's what I mean. It's it's pretty crazy. And uh, the reason it got out was because uh, Matt Hasselbeck took a photo of it and sent it out through Twitter, and then it kind of the story kind of blew up after that that Andrew Luck still has a a flip phone, and I was pretty happy to read that. I got a retweet from some uh, Andrew Luck Twitter fan thing. Oh, really? Yeah, because I mentioned his name on Twitter. It could just be a burner phone, though. Well, there's a joker that that's what it is, and he's on the wire or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. Just throws those away after he he learned from Tiger Woods' experience. Maybe. Quick phones, toss them when you're done. (laughs) I never watched The Wire. Did you watch The Wire? Oh, I did. Good show. One of the best of all time. Probably number three. Number two, Sopranos. What's number one? At this point, True Detective. Wow. It's got a long way to go. but on, The on one best s- show of all time is right now for you is True Detective. It's definitely the best season of a show I've ever seen. Eight episodes. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. And I would say I'm catching up on Game of Thrones. It's pretty amazing, too. What season are you in now? Uh, two episodes into season three. Oh, okay. Loving it. It's a great show. Yeah. Had anything been spoiled for you? Uh, I obviously know about some things that happened in season three. I still don't know what the context is of it. Right. So. Did you know what to expect uh, um, with um, Sean Bean in season one? I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't a big shock to no. you? No. People were really upset about that when that first aired. I'm assuming that's the way it happens in the books, too. Yeah. yeah. And I had lots of people coming into the store wanting to buy the book. They were just, you know, I said, oh, do you watch the show? Yeah. Would you like what happened to Ned? And they're just, oh, so angry and upset because, you know, 
normally on television shows, your favorite characters, you know, don't die right away. Spoiler alert. I think by That's now. That's an old season. I think it's an old season. It's all right. But, uh, yeah, True Detective was pretty awesome. Did you notice that uh, Matthew McConaughey never moved his arms when he walked? No. Yeah. Real weird. That'll be the first thing I look for when I rewatch it on Baby Blue. The first time that I really noticed it was uh, after he mowed the lawn <laughs> and then walked away. Well, he's probably tired. Well, but then in the rest of the show, he never moved his arms. It was straight, like he was like Michael Flatley or something. Hmm. Great show, though. What? Yeah, it was really good. I heard rumors that uh, Brad Pitt for season two. Really? Yeah. I had not heard that. Just read that today. Cool. It's going to be lots of rumors, I'm sure. I'm I'm down with Brad Pitt. It should be Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I think I said that on Film Junk, too. Oh, did you? Well, I'd heard it other places oh. as well, but that would be amazing, that reteaming. It would be. It should be the last season, though. I don't know if they should use that. It should be. It really should be Hal Linden and Abe Vigoda reprising their characters from Barney Miller, <laughs> which is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Would be entertaining for lots of reasons, I think. I think it would be great. What do you think about the the the, the plot leaks about what uh, season two is going to be about? I only heard what the actual creator has said about the highways. No, I heard about. Well, yeah, like transportation yeah. cults and stuff yeah. like that. Weird. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but Who sounds knows? pretty good. Yeah, True Detective was pretty good. Hey, have you watched... Uh, you're not really a comedy show guy, are you? No. Have you, have, you, have you watched Sirens, Dennis Leary's show? No. Surprisingly funny. Yeah? Yeah. I got a few chuckles out of it. Is it on Netflix or do you? I think it like it. It's just premiering right now. Oh, okay. Uh, but I don't think it's a Netflix show. No. Hmm, maybe I'll check it out. I think it's. It might be. A, I don't know comedy. I think it's on the Comedy Network in Canada. So. Oh. Oh. Okay. It's yeah. like a comedy comedy. Comedy. Show. Yeah. Not like a Louis. No. Okay. No, not like not like a Louis. It's no Cougar Town. <laughs> <laughs> so have you have you watched? Do you like Brooklyn Nine Nine? I've watched it here and there, and I I, did, I thought it was pretty funny. I think it's great. I'm just waiting to buy the whole season and, and then just watch it all, yeah. burn through it all. Yeah, it's a good show. Anyway, balls around the world. We've talked about television and, and movies and the Oscars on this show, and a lot about sports. So let's stick to the sports, right? Yeah. All right. So, you, are you following any uh, English Premier League soccer at all? No, nothing at all. You said you were going to try. You're going to pick a team, give it a shot. I was clearly lying to myself. You were lying to yourself. The big story in, in is how terrible Man's, Man, Man City is, right? Man United. Oh, sorry, Man United. Man United has been. I have been aware of that. And okay. every time I see highlights, it's amazing how they blow games and oh, yeah. how like, bad this... Like, Liver- they brought in a new coach, so... Liverpool has been dominating them. It's just been like the, the greatest season ever. But I guess uh, even uh, the people uh, running the uh, the highway traffic signs uh, in the UK have been uh, getting on their case as well. It's a photo from a highway sign. Football match, Wednesday, 19th March, kickoff, 1945. Expect defeat. <laughs> it's 
pretty good. And is that uh, what kind of sign? I can't really see. It's like a construction traffic information oh, nice. sign on the highway leading to the to where the game was being played. Cool. It's pretty good. Yeah. I love how even uh, city workers are getting digs in on Man U. Well, it is a pretty big deal over there. Oh, yeah. It's a huge deal. Uh, another quick funny story. Um, do you like cricket at all? Nope. Ever watched cricket? Here and there. It's pretty weird. Yeah. You know, I, I don't quite. Uh, I mean, I'm sure people who grew up in cultures where they play a lot of cricket probably look at a lot of North American sports and think, what the fuck is going yeah. on? So I'm, I'm sure it's the same thing both ways. Anyway, a uh, player on a South Australian team named uh, Daniel Worrell was uh, suspended. Um, quite a lengthy suspension for the crime that he committed. Uh, he's 22 years old, and uh, I guess he was a little bored, but uh, he... Uh, Scratched a penis and testicles into one of the wickets. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a photo of the penis. On the, see, do you want to see it? See. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Reminds me of high school. But he got like a multi-game suspension for that. I mean, we're all adults here. Right? Yeah. yeah. Just a little dick. But I thought, uh, you know, somebody gets suspended over drawing balls. It was appropriate to talk Absolutely. about on the show. You know, it's one of the things I like to do. Um, I can't remember if we talked about this uh, last episode or not about J.R. Smith and how much of a d bag he is, and, and the whole untying the shoelaces. I think so, and I always like to mention as much as possible how much I hate J.R. Smith. Right, like, and the fact that you know he did it, and they said don't be an idiot, and then he did it again, and this this like, like they're standing in the waiting for the free throws, and he bends down and unties an opponent's shoelaces. That's like stupid. And then so you know they told him not to do it, and then he did it again. But um, EPL soccer players have a much better thing uh, to do instead of untying an opponent's shoelace. Um, there was a game between uh, Hull City and uh, Man City. Uh, where one of the whole players went up behind it. And I think it was during, there was about to be, a, um, I don't know if it was a corner kick or a free kick or whatever, but he went up behind the guy and tickled him. <laughs> <laughs> to, like tickled him to the point where the guy being tickled giggled and turned back to see the other guy giggling with him. <laughs> oh, not like, enough. There's, there's not there's enough a, there's tickling a, in there's, the world. There's a picture of uh, him tickling the other guy's sides. He's not laughing yet. Well, no, because when they turn and see each other, <laughs> then the giggling starts. That's pretty good. Yeah. Good Tickling. Time. I mean, you know, you can be a dick and untie a showman's shoelace, or you can have fun out there and, and tickle. The tickle monster shows up on the pitch every once in a while. I don't think I like, that's a bad thing. I like that one, too. That's pretty good. Um, okay, so I like to talk about weird sports that are happening around the world. Things that uh, aren't too common here in Canada. Uh, you ever heard of Zorbing? No. Zorbing. Uh, it's uh, basically, it's like a giant hamster ball. And you get in and you roll in like a big plastic bubble. Down like a, a light slope or or possibly through an obstacle course. Yeah, I think I've seen some Zorb. I think they Zorbed a bit on uh, The Bachelor this season. Down a course. Did they? 
I, I watched The Bachelor. I didn't. I, I watched a lot of Juan Pablo. I don't remember that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there were there was some zorbing. Really? Yeah, on one of the early group dates. Oh, I didn't know it was zorbing that I was watching. Well, now it, I do. It became well. It kind of started in New Zealand back in uh, the mid '90s, and uh, like it, it's it's gotten uh, not a lot of press, but it, it's kind of growing. It uh, started just in some pubs and clubs and like little downhill courses and stuff. Uh, but basically, it's just people being in a giant hamster ball. But uh, there's actually a Guinness Book of World Records associated with Zorbing. Longest Zorb with continuous motion? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. There, there's two, two Zorbing records set over two consecutive days. Longest ride. Uh, guy traveled 570 meters. It's a long way to go. Yeah, it doesn't seem that long. But when you're in a plastic bubble, it's a far way to go. You don't think? Well, I'm assuming they started on top of a hill. I don't know. Maybe not. Not I'm not blown away. There's the fastest speed, 52 kilometers an hour or 32 miles an hour. It's pretty good. 50? Yeah. I would, again, expect it higher. Zorbing... Is not blowing me away. Fifty is like like sixty makes my echo rumble a bit. All Kilometers? Right? Yes, it's a little car. This guy's going fifty k in a bubble. Oh, my nineteen ninety nine Camry does one thirty with ease. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> and uh, fastest one hundred meters in a Zorb, twenty six point five nine seconds. So is this them actually, they're propelling themselves like a hamster? I believe, yes. Okay. So on The Bachelor, they were like going down a hill. They had no control. So is that technically zorbing? Well, there, there's two types of zorbing. One is on a flat surface and one is on a light okay. slope. So I suppose, So yes. if some of those records, like the speed, are flat surface zorbing, that's impressive. There, uh, there was an episode of Community where they were zorbing. Yeah, I think I remember that. Troy and Abed, obviously. Uh, but the crazy thing about Zorbing is that there have been deaths while Zorbing. June 2009, a teacher died and a pupil was seriously injured in the Czech Republic while Zorbing. Were they in the same Zorb together? They might have. Well, there are dual Zorbs. You can hit your heads. Oh, yeah. December. 2012, a woman died from Zorbing in the Boraclay Islands in the Philippines. She reported to have suffered from serious dizziness and was throwing up for three <laughs> days until she died from dehydration. I don't know if that's the Zorb's fault. Well, she was dizzy from the Zorbing and began to vomit. Get out of your fluids. Speaking of dehydration. They just don't have the regulations for Zorbing in the Philippines. Did you watch Naked and Afraid? No. Have you been watching that at all? Do you know what that is? No. Really? It's on the Discovery Channel. They take uh, two people and uh, throw them on an island for 21 days with no food, no water, and no clothing. And one guy who uh, was in the military uh, dug a big hole to get the water underneath the ground and then drank it and then gave himself diarrhea because <laughs> he drank dirty water. Did you say he died? <laughs> no, he didn't die. But but he, he did vomit a lot and he was dehydrated from all of the explosive butt mud that was happening. And then they showed like uh, the, uh, the poop on the screen, which I was like, man, this show is amazing. 
I just got a Twitter message. Is about I was wondering. Oh, <laughs> it's somebody sending a uh, a question for sack time. Okay. Too late. Um, and yes, and the last death from Zorbing, a man died uh, just uh, January 2013. Died from a broken neck when a Zorb rolled out of control down a mountain, hitting rocks and eventually coming to a stop a kilometer away on a frozen lake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Uh, a kilometer away, out of control. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened to that flight. Maybe, well, the Malaysian flight? Maybe it zorbed. Maybe it's... <laughs> there was a plane zorb. It's entirely possible that, that that's what happened. Uh, the other uh, crazy sport uh, actually originated in uh, Boston. And this was featured on an episode of uh, E60. Have you ever watched that show? Here and there. Kaiju Big Battle. Ever heard of this? No. Basically, it's a, a mix of uh, professional wrestling and uh, uh, like Japanese like comic book character movies. And uh, everybody's in like silly costumes and has silly names and it's like pro wrestling. And uh, I remember watching this on E16 thing was amazing and there's Great stuff on YouTube. Uh, hilarious. The, the characters that these people have come up with for this silly uh, pro wrestling is outstanding. My favorite one is uh, the character's name is French Toast. <laughs> and his backstory is uh, 2,000 tons of rage in a raspberry beret unleashed upon the world by French, France's top chefs. <laughs> Is there a picture of French Toast? There's not a picture of French Toast. But some of the other characters in Kaiju Big Battle. Um, again, there's actually uh, DVDs in, uh, that you can buy of this. There's uh, American Beetle. There's Atomic Trooper Robo. Dusto Bunny. Force Trooper Robo. Uh, Metal Wing Black. Uh, Neo Teppin. Of course, French Toast. Uh, there's uh, Steam Powered Tentacle Boulder. Super Wrong. Kung Fu Chicken Noodle. There he is. French Toast. Look at that. How great is that? This actually looks amazing. Yeah. So like, I, I, I completely forgot about it until uh, I saw this thing online and, and started uh, watching stuff on uh, YouTube. There's Dr. Cube. is just a guy with a giant cardboard box on his head with, a, with, a, with an angry face painted on it. Yeah, I see him. Oh, do you see him? Good. And... Uh, yeah, so if you get a chance to uh, check this stuff on YouTube, you've got what, Google Images up there? Kaiju Big Battle? Is that what you typed in? <laughs> Kaiju French Toast. <laughs> the French Toast mouth slit is pretty good, too. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it started by a couple of guys in Boston. A uh, couple of, uh, br- I think they're brothers. And uh, just bored and decided to do this and, and have a little bit of fun. Based uh, characters off of like uh, films like Godzilla and Gamera and things like that. Kaiju Big Battle. Go check that out. It's funny shit. You're like wrapped up in it right now. It, it It's actually intriguing. Yeah. Kaiju, that's I think the name of the monsters in Pacific Rim as well. You're going to have to, uh, speaking of that, did you, what do you think of the Godzilla trailer? Looks okay. Okay. Just Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Could you are excited. Yeah. What are you excited most about this summer? For films. Ugh, not much at this point. No. There's nothing 
even close to Lone Ranger. Two weeks for Winter Soldier. Not excited about it. No. Really? I'm excited. It's not like I'm dreading seeing anything either. I think they all could be pretty good. Nothing looks horrible. George St. Pierre starring in Captain America. I can't wait for that. Is he really? Yeah, he's playing Batroc the Leaper. Oh. I don't think he has any lines. Thank God. I think he's just there to do his stuff, you know? Well, I didn't know that. I'm kind of less excited now. What are you talking about? His character is French. George is French. He's an acrobat. George is insane with doing that stuff. I think it's good casting. All right. I'll give him a shot. I can't. Let's. It's. It's. What's as long it? as he doesn't talk, we're probably okay. I don't know if he talks. It's. Uh, it's what the drive-in is opening up with. Oh, really? Yeah. That's actually, April fourth. That is exciting. Yeah, makes it even better, doesn't it? Although at the beginning of that week, it's still supposed to be negative one or two. As long as they're open, that's all that matters. Do you want to get into sack time? I, I absolutely do. We uh, love it if you guys want to send us some uh, questions. We have an email address. It's balljunkpodcast.gmail.com. Anytime you want to question, comment, just want to get your name read on the show, I'll do that. I'll take what you got. And, uh, yeah, you can also uh, reach us on Twitter. We have a we have this great Twitter account, balljunkpodcast, where uh, I retweet a lot of great sports stuff. And uh, so if you like sports, you should follow us on Twitter. And you can also uh, follow Frank. Dirty Frank, three hours and dirty. You can follow me at the Gas Man Lives. You can tweet us about sports. We like to talk about sports. So do you. That's why you listen to this show. And make sure you uh, subscribe to this show on iTunes. We appreciate that. There's like a thousand of you. That's exciting. Isn't it? Yeah. It is exciting. All right. Sack time. Balljunkpodcast at gmail.com. We got a question here from Steve. Will the Red Wings playoff streak continue? You following the Red Wings at all? Uh, I've been checking the standings. So they, uh, they've they made the playoffs for 22 consecutive seasons. Uh, with last night's uh, win over the Maple Leafs, they're one point out of the playoffs right now. But uh, they're How not... How many a- games do they have in hand, though? Um, well, I mean, Columbus is ahead of them by a point, and... Washington is uh, is up there as well. So they have a couple of teams to jump ahead. I think they are. They're at 75 points and have played 68 games. So they actually have two games in hand on the Red Wing, on, uh, on Washington. And uh, I think they've played the same amount of games as Columbus. But they have two games in hand on the Leafs, who are... Just five points ahead of them. I'm looking at this. Yeah, it's hilarious. The only, there, there's an E for eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah. Only one team. Buffalo. The Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. Uh, but I will go on record saying Detroit will make the playoffs. So the streak will continue. Yeah. It'll go to 23. I hope they do too. Because it's better when the, when the teams in the big hockey markets make the playoffs. It just makes things more exciting. Got a question here from... Uh, uh, thanks, Steve, for the uh, the question. Question here from Matt. He wants to know how Olympic sports are decided. He knows the LC probably plays a part, but baseball, a predominantly North American, East Asian sport with almost no presence in South America, Africa, Europe, 
was an Olympic sport up until a few years ago. Snowboarding has seen some events come and go over the past years, basically taking popular X Games events and bringing them to the Olympics. My question is, how does one get a sport recognized by the IOC? If baseball, why not rugby? If snowboarding, why not skateboarding? Or that stupid Red Bull crash dice event? (laughs) So Matt, to answer your question, I did a little research on how sports are recognized by the IOC. I did this on my own time to I'm, figure out Matt's answer. I want to know. You want to know. know. So we're going to tell you exactly how this happens. The first step of becoming an Olympic sport is recognition as an actual sport by the IOC committee. Now, to do that, uh, there has to be an administration in an international non-governmental organization that oversees the sport. Once that sport is recognized by the AOC as an actual official sport, uh, it then moves to a different level, which to the International Sports Federation status. Uh, At that point, uh, they have to enforce Olympic movement anti-doping laws, and uh, they have to conduct out-of-competition tests on the competitors while maintaining rules set by the Olympic Charter. So that's how they can become an official sport. That's the first step. So the IOC has a whole bunch of sports that are recognized as sports, but they just don't compete in the Olympics, like uh, like bowling and chess and auto racing are officially recognized as sports by the IOC, but they're not ever in Olympic events. So that's how they determine what is a sport and what isn't by basically doing those things. It has to has a, a governing body, and it has to participate in uh, drug testing. Now, uh, for a sport to gain uh, a competing event at the Olympic Games, um, they have to uh, apply for admittance by filing a petition establishing its criteria of eligibility to the IOC. Uh, now, if they uh, do that, then basically the Olympics will break things down to a sport or a discipline or an event. So a sport is just the sport in general, like triathlon. It just got into the Olympics, new sport. Uh, women's wrestling is a discipline of the wrestling sport that's already in. So a new discipline would be women's wrestling to the Olympics, like it was just a few years back. And then a new event would be uh, something added already to track and field like women's pole vaulting. That's a new event in women's track and field. So it can be one of those three things. Now, after that, then the Olympic Charter indicates that for the sport to be accepted in the Olympic Games, it must be widely practiced by men in at least 75 countries and on four continents or by women in no fewer than 40 countries and on three continents. And they also have to increase the value and appeal of the Olympic Games, which is why we have so many X Game type things in the Olympics now, because it increases media attention and fan attention, and it has like a broader appeal on the games. And so once they do all that, uh, then they take into account the cities that are going to be getting Olympics in the future if they have venues appropriate, which is why baseball and softball were taken out before London because there just wasn't any space to do that. So they were out. 
So does that mean baseball could be back in? Baseball could get back in. Now, if baseball gets back in, something else has to come out. And I don't know how often they do the voting. Uh, I'm assuming it's every every year or every couple of years. And now there have been tons of events added to the games since 1896. A lot have been taken out. Did you know, for example, a once-respected Olympic sport was tug-of-war? No. What about... Uh... Was it foot wrestling we talked about? Toe wrestling? Toe wrestling. Never. Never, never been in there. But uh, cricket used to be an Olympic sport, as did golf, lacrosse, polo, uh, rugby, and water skiing were all Olympic sports at one point. I think water skiing should come back. So now, And that's why there was that whole controversy uh, last year when they took out wrestling from the Summer Olympics, which is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, <laughs> why not take out the 100 meters then? Especially thinking of the origins of the Olympics. Yes. And how and, long and, it's been and, around. And how it's still very, very relevant in the world. Wrestling yeah. is. It is? Yes. Like Greco-Roman wrestling is relevant? Well, just, I mean, wrestling itself, I mean, like, in, like first of all, in, in colleges in, in the U.S., it's still a big thing. You know, wrestling is still a huge part of mixed martial arts. That's I mean, true. if there wasn't, you know, Olympic wrestling, would we have pro wrestling? It's a big deal. Yeah. I'm obviously shocked by that as well. But it's back now. Yay. Because of the, like, all these people, you know, like, it got the media attention that they want. And now I, I think it's back in now. They put it back in. So that is how Olympic sports are decided. What an educational segment. I know. Kudos to you, Gregor. I, I decided to, because a lot of times we get these questions and we're like, we probably should have researched that before the show. I feel like when you're in that mode, you're back to being Gregory Allen. <laughs> Professor Gregory Allen. What do you think? That man is dead. And uh, finally, uh, uh, email from Steve. Um, thoughts on the NBA wheel draft. We haven't talked about this yet. I've read up on it quite a bit. So have I. I'm, I'll be honest. It seems overly complicated. I'm not that excited about it. So basically, the, uh, the NBA wheel draft is a concept that would eliminate teams from having the ability to tank, which is to do poorly on purpose in order to get a good drafting position the following year. Because the worse you are the better shot you have at getting a higher draft pick. And so there's been a lot of talk this year about teams playing poorly to get some of these great NCAA college basketball players who are playing now. We mentioned Andrew Wiggins before and, and Jabari Parker already for plays for Duke. Um, on the Bill Simmons show, they say, Riggin for Wiggins and sorry for Jabari. You know, like, like teams basically shitting on purpose to try to do this. So they wanted to come up with some sort of a way to avoid that. So they have this idea called the wheel draft. Basically, the wheel draft uh, guarantees that each of the 30 teams would pick in a specific first-round draft slot once and exactly once every 30 years. So that every 30 years... The Los Angeles Lakers would draft first once, 
second once, third once, fourth once, fifth once, sixth once, all the way down to having the 30th pick. And not in that order distributed. And, and not in some. that. It'll be distributed in a way that uh, guarantees that every team would get a top six pick every five seasons and at least a top 12 pick every four years. And so that way, um, each team would know 100% where they were going to pick not only the following season, but you know multiple seasons ahead of time, so they know where their draft pick was going to be. So if you, um, you know, it would also possibly eliminate the idea of of you know protecting picks or or trading picks because I mean you're not going to trade for a first round pick knowing it's going to be number thirty because you're going to know when that team is going to have their pick. So it's an interesting idea. My biggest problem is there's obviously several teams in the NBA who already have the advantage of being a location that players want to go to, right? And these places seem to do well over time. Los Angeles, right? Yes. Miami. Yes. And so these places already have advantages built in just based on where they are. So to now give them an equal playing field, for draft picks seems ridiculous to me. They have the ability to draw talent. And to me, the draft is more about making good players go to places that they would never sign otherwise. Otherwise, and that's the biggest problem with the NBA, in my opinion. And that's what the last CBA was all about in trying to get more parity. And in my opinion, it's not working. So it's still early, but I don't think this helps that at all. But it is an interesting idea. It is. And I like the fact um, that they are trying to come up with something because you know it's if if I'm going to go out and buy season tickets to a team and then ten games in realize that the general manager of the team that I bought season tickets for is potentially deliberately trying to lose games, that's shitty because that's a lot of money that you're spending to go watch your favorite team knowing that they're purposely putting out a horrible lineup. Like if I was a 76er season ticket holder, I'd be pretty pissed off because it's blatantly obvious that they're not trying at all. Yeah, I I can't disagree there. That is a good point for the wheel. So, um, but but again, you know, like a a team that wins the NBA championship could potentially have the following season's first overall draft pick as well. And I guess the argument would be, that's what they're doing something right if that's the case. True. But uh, I, I can see, again, from, from both directions. But uh, I, I think it's an interesting idea. And uh, I wouldn't have a problem. I mean, you can't really try it one year. You have to try it for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, This is a commitment uh, to do this sort of thing. Because you can't start it and then stop it. Because if you stop it, whoever has that number one pick the following season is going to be pretty goddamn pissed <laughs> yeah. off. I you mentioned him earlier, but I did want to say Adam Silver as commissioner. I really l- like him. Yeah, and I think he's going to be a much better commissioner. Um, you didn't you didn't like uh, Mr. Stern? No. Oh, why's that? Because he didn't uh, he didn't favor New Orleans enough. Uh, I wasn't that. He just seemed kind of set in his ways, less open to ideas. Uh, I don't know. I, I he kind of always just rubbed me the wrong way. And I think he was more in favor of 
and I'm not saying he's wrong from certain perspectives, but making an, uh, a sport more marketable for TV than a competitive and fair league. They make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, the only problem I ever had with David Stern was when he blocked that trade. What do you think would have happened? Again, our franchise is yeah. tangled again. What do you think would have happened? I mean, because it was New Orleans. They were trading Chris Paul. And they would have ended up with neither Gasol and Bynum in that trade, right? Yeah, I think there was Kevin. Because there was another team involved. They were going to get. It was uh, Houston, I think. Yeah, Kevin Martin. Houston was going to get Powell. I think I can't remember the other. Bynum was going somewhere too. At the time, I kind of liked the look of it, but in retrospect, it would have been even worse for the Pelicans. For the Pelicans, yeah. I wonder how that Lakers team would have turned out. Uh because they probably—I mean, they would have traded Bynum, right? And uh, and they would have traded Paul Powell. They probably still would have signed Dwight, so they would have had Kobe, Dwight, and Chris Paul. Which I think the stable center would just explode with like anger because I mean Kobe's an intense guy. Dwight, um, you know, didn't really like that type of intensity, and Chris Paul is almost as bad yeah. as Kobe is. I couldn't see Chris Paul and Kobe coexisting. Probably not. Especially, I was surprised that they didn't. It still seemed when they had Steve Nash and Dwight Howard, like we mentioned. The offense still ran through Kobe, which is mind-boggling to me. Steve Nash is one of the most creative players ever. Dwight Howard com- commands double teams, and to do that just doesn't make sense. So I don't see how Chris Paul could be enabled to be the player he is on the same team as Kobe. It just doesn't make sense. I just I just think, uh, yeah, the, the offense that uh, the Lakers started out with that season was the wrong offense. And you're right, it should have started. I mean, it ended up going to but again but Nash was hurt so much so yeah. they never really had an opportunity to do it that way anyway wheel draft interesting stuff I'm kind of uh, excited to see where they go with it uh, from here so that's uh, sack time again if you uh, got questions for us you got comments for us you want to suggest anything for the show you want to talk about stuff whatever you want send us your uh, questions or comments balljunkpodcast.gmail.com or send us a message on twitter at Ball Junk, a podcast. And uh, before we go, Frank, I've got a new segment here to introduce. It's, okay. called, it's called the Gas Pedal. A very good name for it. It's segment. a great name. There are many reasons why it's the Gas Pedal. One, it's part of my last name. Two, it's like a lightning round. So we're hitting the gas. We're going for it. And uh, three, we talked about what a gas pedal was. <laughs> In terms of youth torture, uh, last episode, (laughs) you step on somebody's nuts and grab their ankles and pull and push at the same time. So it, (laughs) and then it ties into balls as well. So are you ready? It's a, it's one of the most perfect name things in history. I appreciate that. I, 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 honestly, it was the first thing that popped into my mind. So, all right. Number one, will Phil Jackson turn the Knicks into contenders? No. How do you like your boy Tom Vanek wearing a Habs jersey and scoring a hat trick? I like it a lot. Cam Newton is having ankle surgery and is out four months. Is that going to be bad news for the Panthers? Yes. Who's your NBA MVP as of today? Kevin Durant, LeBron James, or Joachim Noah? Same guy it's been for the last four years, LeBron James. 
Tiger Woods is skipping Bay Hill because of a bad back. Will he play in the Masters? Yes. Do you care? Easiest question yet. Yes. You do care. All right. And rodeo sport, mutton busting, which is small children rying sheep. Is it funny to see little kids crushed into the dirt by angry lambs? For you, no. For me, I mean, for you, yes. For me, no. No? No. It's I, hilarious. I cherish the children of have the you, world. Have you seen mutton busting on no. YouTube? <laughs> you got to look it up. It's goddamn fantastic. Sheep. Children on sheep and then getting slammed into the dirt when they wipe out. I love it. Five-year-olds on angry sheep. One of the greatest things I've ever seen on YouTube. That's the show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the gas man. This is Frankie Knuckles. Follow him on Twitter at Dirty Frank, three R's and dirty. Follow me on Twitter as well. The gas man lives. Thanks for checking out the show. We'll see you in episode eight. Bye. False. Revenge.